0: go do it like whatever you want whatever you want to do uh, just have that idea that this is something that i would like to do set out on it make connections on linkedin reach out to people with a personal message that this is something that i'm interested to learn about
1: Welcome to the Barbatrica PhD Talk Show. My name is Patience Asanga, and I'll be your host on today's episode. Today we have on the show Dr. Debakshi Milik, a senior scientist at GSK. Welcome, Dr. Malik.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Patience. Thank you very much for having me here and giving me this opportunity.
1: You're welcome. So you completed your BSC as Aloysius College and sure. then you went on to get your PhD from the Wheelsland College Institute of Science and now you're at GSK. So could you please walk us through your journey from um your undergraduate days down to your current mm-hmm. role at GSK, telling us how your graduate school application was like and and how and why you transitioned to the industri- industry industry. Sure.
0: So as you said, I did my bachelor in science from uh, St. Aloysius College in Mangalore. And then I moved on to Valor in at the VIT, which is VELOR Institute of Technology, to do my master of science in biotechnology. Then uh, after a short stint in the industry at Biocon Pharmaceuticals in Bangalore, uh, I decided that I would like to pursue a PhD which in a more clinically relevant field. And what interested me most at that time was malaria biology. So at uh, NCBS Bangalore, I was studying malaria biology at that point and gaining some experience with research there. And while this was happening, the field of cryoelectron microscopy was blooming at that time and I decided that I would like to combine two of my interests malaria and cryo-electron microscopy and I set out to find a PhD positions that were relevant to these two topics so uh, the way I designed my application was to first screen for uh, the things that combine my interests so there were a few positions open at that time and one of them was at the Weizmann Institute of Science so the first step that I did there was to contact the professor which was Dr. Um, Michael Elbaum. And I asked him that how exactly does he um, envisage his student to combine these two things, malaria and cryoEM, And so he wrote back to me saying how he would like to see the project progress. I like the sound of it. And then I applied through the PhD program at the Weizmann Institute for this. And I stated uh, Dr. Michael Elbaum as a potential guide for this project. And that's how I ended up after a round of interviews and then uh, them going through my qualifications etc I ended up there I did not particularly have to clear any exam for this one because at that time the Weizmann did not require GRE or anything like that I'm not sure if that has changed now but uh, at that point of time I did not require it so yeah and To answer your question specifically, I was pretty um, uh, direct as to what I would like to see my PhD to look like. And my professor also was very frank with me as to how he would see the project progress and we uh, basically chalked it all out together.
1: Okay, so after your PhD, did you want to continue in academia or you always wanted to go to the industry?
0: So I always liked industrial research because of the fast pace and the uh, outcomes that it produces. You know, we all have great life-saving drugs and biopharmaceuticals right now are in uh, boom again. And so I always liked this kind of research, which is why I was an intern before. And then when I did my PhD, I thought about uh, it quite hard. And I did take up a postdoc uh, with the Diamond Light Source and the University of Oxford in the UK. And when this opportunity opened up at GSK, that's how I aligned with myself here. So yes, I was always interested in joining the industry.
1: Okay, you are a structural biologist,
0: right? Yes, I am a structural biologist, at, at least
1: that's my title. Okay, so what is structural biologists? do at GSK.
0: So, a structural biologist pretty much looks at the structure in the context of uh, biology, mainly biology of a disease. So, what a typical structural biologist would do, they would have a protein or a ligand of interest. A ligand can be literally anything. It can be a small molecule. It can be a large, another protein molecule like an antibody or anything for that matter. And they would look at interactions, how... The ligand of interest would interact with the protein of interest, and the protein can be as well a driver or a marker of some uh, clinically relevant um, pathway of
1: some kind. What skills do you need to become a structural biologist?
0: So... um... Okay. The more skills you have, the better. (laughs) I mean, definitely a general skill set of communication because it will involve a lot of talking to different kinds of people across different fields of sciences and departments. So definitely that. But scientific core skills that one would require is... uh, quite a bit of good idea about protein biology, like what do proteins constitute and how interactions would affect them, how interactions would change, what kind of buffers they should be. So yeah, a lot of protein biochemistry would be nice. So anybody aspiring to be a structural biologist should not skip that chapter on protein biochemistry.
1: Okay, now you've talked about um, young scientists. What advice would you give to upcoming scientists that want to become structural biologists? So,
0: yeah, like if you want to become a structural biologist, sometimes uh, just concentrating on what you were doing at the moment is great because the thing is that a structural biologist would need to have quite a bit of knowledge about other things that are going on besides protein biochemistry because everything feeds in to one another the reason why i'm saying that is you might be interested in the protein biochemistry part of it but you don't know if you don't know how cells are behaving and how they are folding those proteins within it etc then you might be at a slight disadvantage in understanding your system so definitely have that core knowledge of Uh, biochemistry protein biochemistry oligonucleotides then other nucleotides etc but yeah keep your mind open and because everywhere you can always fit in the knowledge and the skills that you have to what you are doing at the moment
1: okay let's circle back to GSK what would somebody do to get an internship at GSK what would a young scientist do say in Say the person is um, an undergraduate
0: mm-hmm. or a master's okay. student, what would the person do to get um, an internship in GSK? Um, so not only at GSK, this answer would apply to anywhere else that looking for an internship, look very hard at the websites because the websites generally have everything So they have uh, GSK at least has a very good dedicated website where you can screen for internships, jobs, etc. And if you read through it, then you will see the keywords that might be suggested to use for looking for an internship. So that would be the best way I believe to get an internship. And GSK does have a few things that I saw. Uh, They might not be called an internship. So look out again for the description of what uh, those things are called so for example they often can call it an apprenticeship or an industrial placement this is very specific to the UK I must say because over here in the UK the undergraduate degrees in some of the universities comes within one year of industrial experience that uh, lets you work in the industry for a year and that sort of counts towards your degree so for any other person looking for an internship, do go through the, um, the specific websites of the places that one would like to apply. It, it really helps. All
1: right. A lot of persons are talking about work-life balance now and their yeah. jobs are taking a lot of their time while some are trying to find a balance between their work life and their um, home life generally so how do you manage your time do
0: you have a lot of free time in your hand and what do you do with this free time uh so I I mean to quote everyone who talks about this thing you know you're not always working at the job alone you also have to make that job work for you Right. So what it basically means is that when you have a certain job, like our job is science still. And so a lot of the time goes in optimizing experiments, then looking after things that may be a little beyond your work hours or whatever. So a little bit of flexibility from the side of uh, your organization really helps. But it also helps you to have like a timetable of uh, things that you want to do, for example, I like to swim in the evening and I do take out the time to swim. I might be actually planning an experiment during the swim because you know your mind is occupied doing the laps and you are like uh you know thinking about things that didn't work or things that could work better, etc. So definitely that. Then I love to cook myself a meal every day for the next day's lunch. So I take time for that. So yeah, and And on the weekends, I go bird watching or for a hike or something like that. And so pretty much I would say I have been able to. And the only reason that I have been able to do that is because I make a conscious effort to fit all of these things into my life. So yeah, work-life balance is definitely very, very important. And if you are also excited about your work, it becomes a tad bit easier to do that.
1: Thank you for telling us about that. Seem to have a lot of fun in your life. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> for you. our last interaction, I would think, um, I want to know, do you get to do a lot of science? Because you talked about experiment and the rest. There's this... Um, it's not really a general idea but there's this um, school of thought that you don't get to do a lot of mm-hmm. science in the industry it's only in academia that you do all the research and the rest and it's mostly administrative when it gets to the industry so what do you have to say about this
0: Uh, I would firstly say excellent question. I always thought about all of these things as well. But my internship in the industry way back in 2012 sort of changed it. I saw a lot of science being done. And even at GSK, I do a lot of science. Most of my time goes in science because you're, again, optimizing for drugs. The only thing that is different is that there is a timeline, Okay, there's a deadline, there's a timeline that you have to meet because there are a lot of teams that are working on it, not just the scientific team, right? There are clinical trial teams, then there are marketing teams. And so given that it's a company, it's all very tight. But at the same time, you as a scientist in the company would be doing a lot of science. So a lot of failed experiments, a lot of optimizing those failed experiments to work for you. And yeah, and a lot of reading definitely lots of reading half of my time goes in understanding what other people have done all over the world in academia for a system like what I'm working on similar systems and getting ideas from that so your life doesn't really change much it just becomes of a faster pace you're no longer married to the one question you have many questions and many goals now that one would need to meet so yeah, so that's something that is different. And also noting down a lot of new things that you may not be used to doing, but every single little thing needs to be noted down so that there one can go back and see why an experiment worked or why it failed. So this is of course very similar, right, to academia. It's not very
1: different, just that the pace
0: is much more.
1: Okay, so what are your final thoughts to aspiring young scientists? I would definitely
0: say just go do it like whatever you want whatever you want to do uh, just have that idea that this is something that I would like to do set out on it make connections on LinkedIn reach out to people with a personal message that this is something that I'm interested to learn about or I like I have been following you on LinkedIn and been seeing the kind of work that you have done so I am interested to know more or or anything like that, because now we have this great tool, right, of social media, and it would be nice to put it to good use for ourselves. So, yeah, like, if you're aspiring to do something, just just go for it. Like, all hands down, go for it. Don't leave one stone unturned.
1: All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on the show. We really enjoyed listening to your experiences and your um your talk thank you really appreciate it thank you it's my pleasure thank you for having me thank you very
0: much